Hello, and welcome to the Dog Hack. A podcast series where we interview dog professionals. Today we're joined by Sarah from The Wholesome Hound. Hi Sarah. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Yes, good, thank you. What have we been up to today? Uh, yeah, busy day, busy day. I've been at the day job and then uh, rushed home for this. Um, and then, yeah, working over the weekend as well. So, yeah, one of those where you don't know where the week's gone. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, glad it's Friday anyway. So. so the work that you've been doing today, is that with the business or are you doing the business part-time? Yeah, so I uh, run the Wholesome Hound part-time. So I have a full-time job. I work in FMCG. So the Wholesome Hound is my... Um, uh, sort of small business that well I like to say I'm cultivating a small business um, on the side um, currently so yeah hopefully I'd love for it to become my full-time job um, I think about it non-stop anyway so um, that's the obviously dream um, but the minute I do have a full-time job as well. So you're balancing a, a full-time job yeah. setting up your own business yeah and I'm assuming you've got a dog as well uh, yes What's your dog's name? Uh, so my dog is Willow. She is a cockapoo and she turned um, four last month. Wow. What made you get a cockapoo? Uh, yeah, well, she's very bou- they're very bouncy. Um, I think, well, it's a bit of a, and I won't, I won't go into this in, in loads of detail. I will um, probably cover it in a blog at some point. But we previously, we had a um, cavalier, so my husband and, and my first dog uh, was a King Charles Cavalier, Safi, who unfortunately um, we lost at a very young age. She was only um, just turned, well, about two and a half. She ate some mushrooms in the garden. We didn't know um, that she was really ill and it was all very horrific. And kind of after that, we'd always wanted to get a second dog and we wanted a, a second Cavalier. We were obsessed with Cavaliers. Um, but after that, we knew, you know, we, we wanted, we were desperate for a sort of another the dog and we wanted I just wanted something different um, and I'd never considered a cockapoo before um, and I just happened to sort of see one or in the park I can't I think I thought yeah I think we saw one on holiday in Devon actually and I was like they are so cute um, and we just sort of read up about them and I was like yeah let's let's have a look so we went and um, picked Willow so yeah it was a bit of a, a weird choice because we were just like we want something different to a Cavalier but still quite a small dog and quite energetic so yeah that's how we ended up with um, Willow so yeah I've got so many questions about what you've just said and I don't know where I to know. start <laughs> so so the, the you lost your King Charles Cavalier I love that breed by the way King King Charles Cavalier is so absolutely cute gorgeous. it's it's still 100% my favourite breed and I think now we're contemplating um, a sibling for Willow um, and I'm pretty much sold that well I keep going between Cocker and Cavalier but I mean Cavaliers are just they're just so regal and just they're just a gorgeous breed um, I love how lazy they are I, yeah I just uh, yeah I just love everything about them so uh, yeah they're a, they're a great breed and but you didn't want to get another King Charles Cavalier. It was just too raw. I think because of the circumstances right. being so sudden, yeah. I think it was just too raw. And I just I, I just couldn't sort of get past 
uh, that whereas I feel like I would be ready to have another uh, Cavalier now but yes at the time I was like we just want something totally different my husband was always want he's always wanted um girl dogs over boys yeah um but I actually wanted a boy because again I just wanted the opposite um of Safi just to make it easier but we kind of decided we'd go look at this um sort of litter of cockapoos and just whichever one we kind of uh, felt we bonded with or they say do- the dog chooses you so whichever one chooses us whether it's a girl or a boy that's the one for us so uh, yeah happened to be a uh, a girl um willow willow bear is a well her full name is actually willow percy bear i don't know where that came percy from um, so yeah willow p bear is what she's known as how many nicknames does she have do you reckon oh a million so yeah willy wonka um wilster wilkins um there's some quite inappropriate ones as well that we can't share yeah which (laughs) i often find myself shouting and then yeah my husband's like will you stop shouting that so uh, yeah lots of nicknames and your your king charles cavalier just to go back it died because it had some mushrooms in the garden yeah, so she was out in, in the garden, she'd sort of gone out just for a wee sort of early evening, it had been like that weather where it's been raining for however long, um, and at the bottom of our garden, we had no idea, but there was some sort of, well, there was some mushrooms sort of there, So she, and we didn't realise that's what had happened, and we're kind of assuming as well, so she came in basically, she'd been fine all day, and later on in the evening, she started sort of drooling a lot, and then just wasn't herself so we took her to the vets and um they thought she was going to be okay obviously we didn't know she'd eaten these mushrooms so we couldn't tell them anything um they thought she was going to be okay and then she kind of went into shock um in the sort of overnight so we got the call about half six in the morning so yeah it was awful Um, and it was only afterwards that my husband went out into the garden and he saw this patch um of mushrooms and knowing she was a very a typical cavalier very greedy would have eaten anything slightly Mm. edible so um after speaking to the vet that's kind of the assumption that we got to of what had happened um but yeah it's something you know dog owners need to be hugely mindful of because i never realized just how um dangerous things that grow and they grow everywhere Mm. um, can actually be and it's not I don't mean to scare anybody because it's not all types but you know um, and it was very unfortunate what happened to us but uh, yes definitely be careful um, with what's in your garden that's tragic recommendation how long was it before you felt ready to get another dog um, well, I'll be honest, we did it quite soon. And I think just because, um, you know, and, and I felt a little bit bad for that in a way. And I also felt a little bit judged um, by some people. But I think, you know, it's such a personal thing. And for us, we didn't, she wasn't an older dog. And we'd, you know, I think you you always know that, you know, dogs have such a short lifespan compared to us. Mm. Um, but for us it was so sudden you know it wasn't like she'd got to a great old age and we were like oh how do we feel you know you start having those conversations don't you about when they're not with you anymore yeah it was such a shock and we just the house was empty it was awful and so we made the kind of decision quite quickly um you know so you know we got willow within like a couple of months but that was right for us Whereas yeah. I know, you know, some people it isn't. And it, it was hard, don't get me wrong, because, um, you know, I was missing my sort of little lap dog who used to just sleep, uh, sleep on me on the sofa every night. And then I had this um, 
sort of puppy who they don't want to be cuddled and they're quite yappy and <laughs> all this kind of thing so it was quite difficult but I'm really glad we did it straight away because speaking to a few other people who've gone through a similar thing they've left it and left it and then they feel they sort of build it up into a big thing getting another dog so we kind of went straight in and you know one dog doesn't will never replace the other dog mm-hmm. um, but Willow certainly helped bring joy back into our home um, as soon as she as soon as she arrived basically so yeah uh, and we got her we happened to get her on my um, birthday which is just a coincidence of how it fell so we went and chose her and then obviously you can pick them up at um, eight weeks and it happened to fall um, on my birthday so that was a really nice birthday as well Ah, so you got, oh, it was a birthday present. Yes. I know what you mean about the quiet house. There's times when um, we've taken the dog to the dog sitter for a couple of days and we've come back to the house first. We're going to pick him up the next day. And you walk around and you do something that you always do. You know, if it's rattling a key, opening a bag of crisps, <laughs> any, anything where usually you start to hear the pitter-patter of yeah. feet coming towards you as, as soon as you've done it and you do that thing you open that bag of crisps or you pick the keys up or you you know putting something away in and the kitchen just, or whatever it's eerie uh, isn't it yeah. and it's like oh there's nobody coming that's quiet yeah it's so weird it's so strange yeah it's i think once you become a dog person or dog family or dog mm. couple um I, I think that's it i think that's it for life then yes and have you had any other dogs other than those two? No. So um, when I was growing up, so before I was born, my mum and dad had a dog. Um, I say to my mum all the time because my memory, she passed away when I was like four. So my memory is quite sort of vague. Um, but she was a bit of a sort of Heinz 57 kind of um, mixed breed dog called Sally. Um, and then unfortunately she passed away and then we were going to get another dog but about the same time um me and my brother I, w- I was kind of starting school um my brother's three years older than me and my mum was going back into sort of full-time work so then we became like a cat family for a while because we were always animal lovers um but yeah we didn't have the the sort of time to put into having a dog so then we sort of I grew up with cats um and then had a cat until recently and then when I met my husband he had always been brought up with dogs um and I had a bit of a fear about bigger dogs at one stage because I actually got bitten by my um friend's grandma's dog a black labrador when I was little as well so I had a bit of a fear about bigger dogs but I was always I always loved the smaller dog breeds um and uh, yeah, so when I got with my husband, he was like, you know, I, I would, he was desperate for a dog. I really wanted a dog, um, but it, it took us a few years because we both worked in offices, had busy jobs. And then it was only when I got a sort of a new job where I actually worked from home a lot um, that the time was the time was right for us to get a dog. So um, yeah, now it's um, that's it. We're dog people now. So yeah. <laughs> And when you Sorry, first really got the <laughs> when you first got the Cavalier King Charles, yeah, um, what made you pick that breed? What stood out about that breed that made you think? Ooh. I think well, I I just think um, they're just so 
regal and British looking. I know that sounds really beers, but they're just quite. I love what they stand for. I love the history of the Cavalier. Um, you know, they're they're just a, an absolutely gorgeous breed. Um, and I I think we were drawn to the fact that you know we we're busy people. Um, we've got busy jobs we didn't have you know we couldn't be walking a dog for two hours a day um, so we really liked the fact with Cavaliers that you know yes Safi would go for a long walk with us whenever whenever we wanted but she'd also be very happy with 10-20 minutes and then laying on the sofa all night um, they're quite known for being quite lazy um, and yeah so we, we we loved the sort of character of the of the King Charles Cavalier and because they are quite low maintenance from an exercise point of view um, especially because it was our first dog together we didn't want to do anything ridiculous you know my husband loves um dobermans um but that would have been insane to just go straight in and get a doberman yeah as your first dog as a couple i think is is a bit of a toll <laughs> you need to know what yeah so i think we we wanted to sort of uh you know a smaller breed and yeah i just think cavaliers are gorgeous and i think at some point i'd love to have all four color combinations of cavalier um so yeah i just think they're beautiful that would make quite the sight walking down the street I know, yeah, just with the yeah, black and tan, a ruby. My ours was a ruby, um, and then a, a Blenheim and a, a tricolour, yeah, all, all kind of on the four leads. Yeah, that's the that's the ultimate goal. Ah, that's the that's the dream. I know, yeah. And at the beginning of that, you were saying you were really interested in their history. For people who don't know the history of the King Charles, do you want to tell us a bit about that? Oh God, well, <laughs> I just think the heritage of them. Um, I can't, you know, I'm embarrassed now because I said I really like the history, and now I can't actually remember what it was. But I remember at the time just reading about them, um, and just I think just their long-standing nature. They're very royal dogs, aren't they? They're, yeah, I think they were. They were. Um, not carriage dogs in the sense of a, yeah. a Dalmatian is a carriage dog, as in they they run alongside the carriage. But they were, they were like the king's dogs. Were, were yeah, they, they were hand warmers. I think they, yeah. the the royalty yeah. used to have them sat on their lap to keep the hands warm on their long yeah. carriage. Yeah, travel. I just you know, yeah, and I suppose um, obviously I now have a, a cockapoo, and I love all dogs, but I just I just love that sort of true heritage. I just think the sort of yeah, um, but mainly it's just because they are so absolutely cute. Yes, uh, and yeah, they love they love sitting on people's laps, so they're very loving dogs as well. Yes, they are. Yeah. They are indeed. Yeah, I've seen. I, my friend of my father's used to have two of them. And they they, right, yeah. they just come and sit on your lap, and that's all they want to yeah. do. So. Oh yeah, exactly. Where I found with with Willow, she's she's so much more independent um, than Safi was. She'll she'll lay with us, you know, and on all the rest. But she'll she'll sort of at some points in the evening, she takes herself off and just sits on her own at the different end of the sofa or in the armchair or wherever. Yeah. Um, whereas I think Cavaliers are just attached to you twenty four seven, aren't they? Yes. If you think Willow is independent, you want to try living with an Airedale Terrier. Oh, really? Are they really independent? They don't want nothing to do with you ever. They don't come oh, and sit on your lap. They just want to go and sit in the corner. <laughs> they want you to be there. If you go away, they'll follow yeah. you. But they don't yeah. want to be like they're not lap dogs. They don't want to come and sit yeah. on your lap. They don't want it. They. I mean, Bernie is now uh, coming on for six years old. He's just reached the point where if he sat on the settee, he'll come and sit next to the settee mm. after six years. Because for the last six years, <laughs> like, he'd have picked the furthest like, yeah, corner away from you and he'd have gone and sat in that corner. 
How funny. Yeah, they're not ones for fussing. They're a typical um, Yorkshire dog. He's yeah, like yeah. A, he's like like a mini Yorkshireman. He just wants <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> feed me, let me loose. That's yeah. it. That's all he's after. So the the business, um, yeah. the wholesome hound. Did this come about from something uh, you noticed being a dog owner, or was it something you always had in your mind as? Something well, to do. I think I've been, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a weird, weird thing. It kind of came about by a little bit of accident, really, because I was kind of working in a full-time job and we'd just got Willow. Um, and yeah, it's I've basically gone full circle with, with what this business w- was going to be. So I'd just got Willow and it was a really bad, it, when did we get Willow? 2015. It was um, a really bad sort of autumn winter where it just rained constantly um and i kept thinking oh i wish there was like you know a soft play thing for dogs um because we want to train her and we want her to be socialized but you know taking her to the park is a nightmare because of all the mud so eventually i was like right i'm going to open this doggy daycare slash weekend soft play for dogs um so that was the idea once i got it in my head i was like right i'm doing it um but the problem is with that and i still think it's a great idea and it's definitely missing from north leeds if anyone's listening who is thinking (laughs) of a business idea please come and do it you'd have my business um so i think it's a great idea i'm just not the right person to do it um because it would be you know quit my job hire a massive venue bank loans all the stuff and it just freaked me out i'm not a very massive risk taker right but once i got this idea in my head of i want to do something my own business and something around dogs that i just it wouldn't go away and, and my husband was saying you need something sort of small so you can just test how you feel um and then basically I'd, i was already baking um snacks um for willow um and a lot of my giving them to like uh, friends dogs and what have you and a lot of people had said you should absolutely sell these um, there's a massive demand for it so i just thought i could probably do that on the on the part time and sort of d- develop a business that way so it kind of started very organic uh, i thought right i'm going to launch this kind of range of freshly baked snacks um that's no preservatives um using real fruit and veg so that I was kind of clear on what i wanted it to be um, and then I started kind of looking into what I'd need. And I'm one of those people I have to do things properly. So I looked into the um, DEFRA approvals that I'd needed. I worked with Leeds City Council um, and they were great. Um, and what they actually said was, you'd be surprised how many people are doing this without the correct approvals. Um, so that was kind of a bit of an eye opener. Um, so while I was going through that whole process, I just started um, a blog. I got myself on Instagram. I'd never been on Instagram before, and I just started sort of writing blogs um, about different topics, being a dog owner, and I sort of built a bit of a following. Um, and it's all about sort of making environmentally friendly choices for your dog, so feeding them in the right way, using the right products on them. Um, there's an element of kind of mindfulness with the brand as well that I wanted to touch on. So how can you make your dog walks more mindful? So these were the kind of topics I enjoyed blogging about. Um, And then that really helped me define this proposition of products that I brought to the market, which at the minute I've got a range of um, six um, flavors of freshly baked dog snacks. So yeah, no preservatives. They're all plant-based as well. 
um, one of the things I was really keen to do was not have a meat-based product. Yeah. Um, reason being, I think we're all aware now of eating too much meat has such a massive impact on the planet. Um, and I, you know, me as a person, I'm trying to do my bit by, you know, I'm not a vegan, but I am certainly aware um, and cutting down, I've massively cut down on the amount of meat I eat. And I think our dogs eat meat in every meal. They absolutely do not need all their snacks to be meat-based, um, highly processed meat snacks. Um, so that's kind of how I started really. So yeah, and then I've got plans to obviously expand. So at the minute I'm just um, offering the snacks, but eventually I want to become sort of a, more of a lifestyle brand for, for dogs um, and venture into the sort of self-care area as well. So I've got a few new sort of products coming up, which I think are going to surprise um, most people who follow me on Instagram and probably think it's just food, you know, it's just snacks and I might go into dog food and this, that and the other because I'm actually going to go quite a different way. So that'd be quite interesting to see what people think of that. And can you tell us what that way is? Um, yeah, so at the, at the minute, I'm, I'm literally a week slash two weeks, um, hopefully. Can't tie me down on a date because it'll, it'll get done when it gets done. Um, but I'm very, very close to launching a new product, which is going to be... Um, so my my dog, Willow, is, is can be quite an anxious, anxious dog at times. Um, so when we go somewhere new, fireworks, especially around bonfire night, she's an absolute nightmare. She's scared of the vacuum cleaner, you know, all this stuff. She's quite an anxious dog. Um, and I've tried various things um, and you can get sort of these plug-in products and they're just full of chemicals and very nasty. Um, so I wanted to develop something and I've worked with, a, I've worked with an expert on this. So I'm bringing to the market a um, candle that's made of essential oils. So it's got uh, geranium, lavender and cedarwood. So all the oils it uses um, are actually proven to really help with um, things like separation anxiety. Uh, so really help sort of calm and offer um, sort of a sense of a sense of calm around dogs. So um, it's going to be yeah a candle basically that you can leave obviously unlit in your dog's room. They've obviously got a really strong sense of smell anyway. But then when it's bonfire night, you put it on. They say it's like I say it's 100% essential oils. It just fill the air and just a more natural way to kind of relax them. And likewise, when you go on holiday, you take it with you. It's a familiar scent. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of tapping into the way I want to go with the brand, which is just a natural range of products. Um, and then following that, I really want to sort of develop more into um, sort of skincare. So the shampoos, paw balms and all that kind of product area as well. Um, so I am working with an expert on the candle. So a really amazing small business that I found with very similar values to me um so they've done all the blend for it so yes it'll be um available to buy hopefully in the next week or two definitely ready for a bonfire night wow that's quite an ambitious so when you say lifestyle brand we're talking candles yep. we're talking yeah so yeah i think yeah, in my head, it's it's kind of a range of products. I, I'm kind of very loose with the business plan, you're probably guessing, because I just tend to think I'll go where the business is kind of needing me to go and I'll go into areas of interest. So I'm very interested as a person in using natural products, 
that are environmentally friendly um getting you back to nature and all this kind of thing um and that's what i want for to be available for willow as well so i suppose that's the that's the sort of bottom line simple version of what i want to get to um so the snacks are all using real fruit real veg um absolutely there's no more than five ingredients in my snack range and it's all ingredients that i could probably find in your kitchen right now um so not you know there's nothing else in there um, and likewise with the with the candle um it's uh, a soy wax and it's got three essential oils in it um so then i can take that on to other kind of products um yeah and I think it's it's more it's just bringing you back to nature natural products and um, i'm a big advocate that where possible everything i use is recyclable as well across the packaging so yeah i just want to be sort of known as a bit of a natural brand i suppose for dogs and, and dog owners so it sounds like you're quite customer driven you're letting the customers decide what's needed and what you find there is a gap in the market for for willow when you're yeah, and I think I think that's yeah, I think that's the best thing, you know, this this business that I'm sort of cultivating at the minute, you know, I'm the target market for it and I've tried not to and I know um, lots of marketeers might hear this and think that that's a little bit insane, but I try not to overthink things and do too much research and ask, you know, because I think well, what's my gut telling me and is this something I'd want? Um and I know there's a lot of people out there who just want the best for their for their dogs um and likewise you know these this product this product in particular the candle so i've had um, i've been working like I say with a small supplier we've had a prototype in our house um we used it the other day there was a party going on near us and there was fireworks going on so we had it on then the other day i had it whilst i was in the bath and then i found it in my husband's got like a bit of a man cave situation going on upstairs uh, where he plays computer games he had it on so i'm like <laughs> it's not just for it's not just for your dog it's for your dog and you it's a it's an absolutely gorgeous um centered product that would be great for your home anyway but the oils that it use are proven to help with anxious dogs so it's kind of ticking two boxes right where is all this stuff made? So the the candles and treats, is this all made in your house? Do you have like a little workspace? Yeah, so I make the um, treats in my house. So I literally, um, I worked with the Leeds Trading Standards um, on all the sort of health and hygiene stuff and all the process stuff that I need to follow. So I work closely with those guys. And then, yeah, all the treats, I literally bake myself. Um, at home so that's 100% me I do everything Um, and like I say I've always been quite a big baker baking's good for the soul having a dog's good for the soul so I feel like I'm combining the two um, with that product range whereas uh, the candle and the other things I want to go into um, I can't do myself because you know it's 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 not very credible if I'm like, oh, I'm making treats and then I'm just making this candle as well in the background and then I'm trying my hand at this. You know, I'm not an expert in everything. So I'll continue to do the, the, the treats. So, you know, if, if it gets big, um, you know, then obviously I'll need to take it off site somewhere. Um, but I'm working with a really lovely business called Hazel and Blue, uh, who you'll find on Instagram, who are a really small business that I heard about on a podcast. And yeah, her ethics were very sort of similar to mine um, and she's developed the candles for me so I just basically gave her a brief on what the brand was about and I was so lucky because um, I didn't know anything about 
her I'd seen her business on Instagram liked the look of her products thought that's what I want I contacted her and I thought this is gonna she's gonna think I'm crazy if I'm like I want to launch a dog candle like who does that it's insane and I thought she's gonna think that's crazy but I kind of told her the brief and straight away she was like I totally get this I've also got a cockapoo called Freddie so oh. I was like amazing <laughs> so she was like I get it I didn't have to be sort of talk her through it and you know because it is a little bit out there I get that but I'm kind of I've only I'm doing it on a small scale I've got a limited amount of stock coming in so I can just test these things and and see but I'm like it works for Willow you know it's a great product yeah let's let's see what happens so yeah very loose business plan in that sense so initially takes me (laughs) (laughs) so that launches in the next couple of weeks yes and in, in terms of uh, stock and so on, you're gonna have you got enough to cover if it really takes off, or are we? Do people need to be quick? Yeah, well, I'm probably going to launch it. I've just literally got my head around doing a newsletter, um, which has taken me a while. So I've got um, sort of people on my newsletter. So I'll probably sort of do a almost pre-order or through my newsletter, I think, to start with. Um, just so those kind of real loyal wholesome hound fans and the people who subscribe to the snacks have, have can get sort of first dibs yeah. um, from there. But then, yeah, I can obviously go go back to the supplier and just sort of ask for more. So you've got to try these things. And, you know, if, if people don't get it, people don't, you know, fine. Um, everyone will be getting a candle for Christmas from me. Um, but, you know, you've got to try these things, haven't you? And just feel, feel your way. And I think some of the best sort of products out there where people have just kind of taken a bit of a punt based on what they think you know they'd want and you know I am my own target market so I'm really excited about it I think it's a great product so um but yeah we'll see because I think it might be a bit of a oh god she, she does we know her for snacks um we know that brand is it's a very foodie brand and now this is totally a bit different so yeah we'll see what people think so the, 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 for listeners, then get on the newsletter. Yeah, get on the newsletter. Yeah, so get on the Health and Hound newsletter. So go on the website, sign up to the newsletter, get first dibs, um, and then um, yeah, I'll uh, take it from there. And obviously, alongside all the products, you you were saying there that the you you started running a blog. I noticed on the website it, you're one of the top one hundred dog blogs. Yes, number fifty. Although I feel a bit of a fraud because I have. I've really struggled with because I, I before I launched the snacks, I was obviously doing the work to launch the snacks in the background, but I was blogging, blogging, blogging to obviously get an audience. Um, so when I had a product ready, I already had sort of people who knew about the brand and knew about sort of me and Willow and bought into that. Um, so, but now I'm really struggling between actually running the business, and making the treats, and doing the everything else that comes with it um you know updating the website managing the subscription service etc etc that my blog's taken a bit of a backseat so yeah i feel a bit of a fraud that it was voted that yeah number 50 of the top uh, international um pet blogs that's impressive but yeah i do i do feel a bit of a fraud now when i think how when was my last blog about two months ago so i'm actually blocking out a whole weekend because i've got all these ideas in my head and i kind of write them down as i think of them um i've got loads of ideas for blogs um that i need to catch up and even just my recipes um i'll do develop a recipe um 
and I'll post it on Instagram and then, you know, I think oh, I need to put that on the blog. So I need to sort of take a weekend out, which I'm doing in a few weeks and just write um, lots of blogs, basically. <laughs> so bear with me, anyone who loves the blog and hasn't seen one for a while. Yeah, I know. I know the feeling because I've got a full time job alongside this as well. And once we started doing the podcast, so we, initially we would we'd never we'd never done a podcast before, so it took a while to figure out how to produce one. Um, while we were figuring out all all that out, we were starting up the blog, and we had a few blog posts. And then once we started doing the podcast, the time it takes to reach out to people, record it, edit it, post it, publish it, etc. Um, the blog very much took then a backseat um, while we were sorting out the the podcast stuff. So yeah, ditto basically. Yeah, we 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 need to get some uh, some blog blogging done soon as well on our side. Yeah, it's so hard, isn't it? Because I kind of was blogging as I went along. I went for a phase where I was doing one every Sunday, so it'd be like, oh, here's your Sunday evening blog, Um, and then that just got too much. And I I kind of. I heard somebody on sort of a business podcast saying they do sort of they write loads in one go and then just publish them in different ways and I was like oh I don't want to do that I like to just go with when it takes me but realistically I think you do have to um when you've got so much going on yeah like you'll know you've got a full-time job and then you've got this small business where you are you're basically every single department within that small business um i think i do need to lock myself in a room and just be like right i am writing blogs and of course um, you've got the dog to walk as well throughout all that yeah exactly yeah exactly um and the whole sort of i suppose my whole brand ethos um the name wholesome you know it, it's about sort of slowing down slow living you know taking time out for yourself being mindful so if i'm like cra- a crazed person trying to do too much um and you know willow gets like two minute walks instead of like nice leisurely strolls mm. it's kind of going against what my whole brand is built on you're not living the um, brand yeah exactly so um so yeah there's that to sort of bear in mind as well and i do i do think about that from time to time like am i sort of living what i preach um in terms of being wholesome slow living doing you know just giving yourself a bit of a break and all that kind of stuff you were talking there about the you know making sure that you go out for the nice strolls with the dog not these two minute rush ones mm. you, you mentioned before about the the mindful walking mm. can you can you tell me a bit more about that that sounded interesting yeah i think I think for me, and I think you'll get it when you when you have, have do have a full time job, a part time job, you know, all this kind of stuff, and you're, you're super busy. So I kind of, yeah, take my you know my walks at my my time with Willow, and you're trying to fit so much in your day. You know, I like to think, oh, I've a, you know, I need to exercise, I need to take the dog for a walk, I need, I need to be thinking about my business, all this kind of stuff. So I've tried to incorporate it into sort of one thing. So me and Willow quite often um, go on long walks where we'll we'll sort of we've got a bit of a route around uh, north leeds near where we are that's about sort of three and a half miles um then we've got another one that's about four just shot four and a half miles four four and a half miles and we'll sort of do those routes quite regularly and i think the first half of the walk i just try not to do anything so i try not to listen to have anything in my ears i'm just walking with willow and taking it in and i'm not sort of constantly like oh i'll just take this picture for instagram or whatever so i tend to have a nice half of my walk where i don't do anything and i just try and be in the moment walking my dog um and then i always 
sort of I walk past the Starbucks, so I'll go in, get a coffee. Sorry, other coffee shops are available. <laughs> um, so I'll get my Starbucks. And then when I've had my Starbucks, I almost get into work zone. And then I'll, I'll think, right, I'm going to put a podcast on. And I'll tend to listen to podcasts um, like this one. Or there's quite a few favorites I've got, which uh, not necessarily sort of um, pet businesses, but small businesses, the really motivational podcasts um, where they just chat to similar people to me who are cultivating a small business, be it part-time, full-time. Um, and that kind of gets me um, a bit more in work zone. So yeah, that's that's kind of how I do it. And then, I've, and I'm really thrown if I don't have that morning walk, I, I just feel like my day's out of sorts. It's like, it sets up the day for you. Yeah, definitely. I'm very fortunate as well that um, in my full-time job, I get to work from home a lot. So I know um, it's, it, you know, when you're rushing to actually drive to do a commute and you've to get to an office and you've got to do your hair and your makeup and all those things you don't need to bother with when you're at home, then time can be a bit tight on the morning. But yeah, I absolutely love getting out there um, on a morning, having a decent long walk with Willow, sort of it's our time, um, and then getting getting my head in the work zone and I think well I've, I've done a bit of exercise there I spent time with my dog I've been out in nature and I've listened to a podcast and learned however many new things so tick 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 all ticks and this is the sort of stuff that's on the blog yeah so I've done a, I've done a blog about tips how to really get the most out of your dog walks um but yeah other stuff I've blogged about um quite random I have a lot of recipes on my blog so I sort of home cook um, for Willow quite a bit as well so I share a lot of meals um, on my blog as well and then just various topics really I've done a few sort of um, gift lists as well so I did one for like Mother's Day for all the dog mums out there great gift ideas so yeah I tend to kind of I write about anything that I know it sounds really selfish I, I tend to write about anything that interests me to be honest I think that's um, the best way though I don't think that's selfish that's yeah that that's absolutely the best way to do it it's not selfish that's write about what you're passionate about because if if you were sort of forcing yourself to write about something you didn't really care about I think that that yeah. would come across in the writing yeah yeah exactly so um yeah I think yeah so I definitely need to get back on the old blog writing anyway for sure yes okay so um we always ask people who come on the podcast um a, a question around what they would make mandatory if they were prime minister for the day have you had any thoughts about what Am that I would be two things oh go on then well, one's very, one's very short and sharp, and this would be decision on day one of my um, uh, tenure as prime minister. So <laughs> the first thing I would make mandatory is that dog owners get some kind of, call it paternity leave, um, for when they have a new dog, you get two weeks as your paternity. Um, so you can be at home because you know there's that awkward time when you get especially if you get a puppy um, where they can't go out to their injections and all this kind of stuff so I would have some kind of you know um, sign off with fully paid work situation where you could actually have that how long would you have I think just two weeks would be fine. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be greedy, you know. Or maybe two weeks at full pay, you know. And then if you wanted an extra two weeks at half pay or whatever, I can, I can work the details when I'm in Rome. <laughs> you can sort <laughs> that with the chancellor and, yeah. and 
Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but definitely for those for those dog owners who, um, you know, are likewise, you know, if you've got a rescue dog and they need to really settle in the home, you need to be around and you might need a bit more time. Um, so, and pets are, you know, for people, I mean, me and my husband, we don't have children. We have um, Willow and she, she's our child. Um, and I think for, for people who, you know, absolutely worship the dogs, they want to settle them into their home. So I think a nice bit of time off work would just would just help with that. So um, that would be job number one. There, there would be some people that may argue that you could just take two weeks holiday. Yes, yes, which is what what we've we've done before. But yeah. I'm just I'm just pitching for just it. Just pitching so. for it. No, I, I mean I agree. Yeah, I would. Everybody wants more holiday time. Yeah, although yeah, exactly. I think the danger for me would be that I'd be getting a dog once a year. I'd end up with oh, ten dogs. Oh, time off. Yeah. yeah, you'd have to prove that you're actually getting a dog. <laughs> so the whole that you know that whole thing, but we'd, we'll we'll work through that. We'll work but that'd it out. be kind of my number one thing, and then yeah. my number two is, and I don't quite know how this looks, but I absolutely believe that dogs could be used more for therapy, and I think all you know, obviously the 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 used a lot for um, you know help people with sort of physical. Um, challenges so you know and likewise i know now um i know james middleton is really good at sort of promoting this um they are used as therapy dogs for people with sort of mental health issues but only when it gets to quite an extreme level um but there's those people who are holding down a job going to work every single day perfectly seeming normal you know to everyone else but really struggling with either anxiety or depression um and i think you know, I believe dogs can really help with that. So I think there's some kind of scheme um, where for those people, you know, I don't know what it looks like. You spend time in a group um, and you all get given, you know, a, a dog. I'd volunteer Willow for this. So there's a, you know, when you get to spend time with a dog, you go for a walk with your chosen kind of dog or whatever it might be, um, just to sort of really help with that. Because um, I, I just think, you know, there's, there's so much evidence that actually spending time with animals um can really help um stress levels and, and all that kind of stuff so i think there's there's definitely more that the, that can be done in a more natural way um so yeah that's a bit of a deeper subject but i definitely think there's something around that that can be done okay and if you were to outlaw one thing what would be the, what would be the thing that you outlawed yeah, I've been thinking about this while we've um, spoken, and this is probably quite controversial, but dogs tied up outside shops. Oh, I'm guilty of that. I have done it in the past, um, I'm not going to lie, um, but it just really worries me now when I see it. And I think I've read some horror stories. Uh, what is it? The, the, is it the distress for the dog or p- being pinched? Being pinched. Being pinched. Yeah, it terrifies me. I think I think I had done it with um, with Safi a few times. Just nipped. We've got an M and S around the corner, and I just nipped in, and you can kind of sort of see it's one of those open sort of big wide doors. Yeah. And I just nipped in, and then and my husband's always been dead against it. And then we I read this story about this Springer Spaniel being stolen, and it absolutely <sighs> broke my heart. Um, and I, and I know like a lot of people therefore don't do it, but I think this should. I think it's yeah. 
I think it shouldn't, it's, it just makes me really cringe now when I see it. I'm always thinking I'm just so worried about somebody stealing that poor dog. It's like that film, um, is it Kiefer Sutherland, that's The Vanishing, is it, or something? Oh, right, okay. An old 80s film, he goes into the gas station and his, his wife's outside and he comes out and she's just gone. And then yeah, the whole film's about him trying to find. So yeah, it's, I guess it's kind of like that, but with your dog. Yeah, and I know that sounds harsh, like I'd make it illegal, but I'm thinking, well, I don't know. I suppose if, if one less person did it, if it saved, like I don't know, it just worries me about um, stories about dogs being, being stolen. Mm. So that'd be my, my thing. It's something that I have done. Um, and then after I read that story and I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm never doing that ever again. Yeah, I've I've done that this. I'm I'm thinking about it now. Actually, I did it this morning to get the milk. I'm so sorry. I made you feel bad now. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> no, no. Well, actually, this morning I did it slightly it different to how like... I normally do it. And um, there was a lady having a cigarette outside, and I said, "Can you just watch my dog? I just need to run in yeah, and get some milk." Yeah. But I mean, it's not like yeah. so. Uh, where it and differs, I, think... I guess we've we've got a big Sainsbury's around the corner. Yes, yeah, some people leave them there for like, for the full hour. shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They tie them outside Sainsbury's. They go and do the full, you know, week shop. The, the one that takes you like an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I know yeah. I've never done that, but in, to nip in and get a loaf of bread or to nip in yeah. and, and get a, a carton of milk or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, it's I've... one of those. It's quite, yeah, I should have gone with something safer, like people who don't no, know. No, no, no. Something, shouldn't I? But, <laughs> there's no uh, wrong answers on the when you're yeah. prime minister question. There's, there's only, Fair enough. Yes. only what you believe. And if somebody said you can't lock your time up outside, then I'd just would leave them at home when I nip over the road. Yeah, milk, or even if there was change. like a safety like kind of pen that you could put them in outside the sh- you know shop. And I don't know. I need to think about this when I'm in rural. Like, I say, Do you know, but, actually, um... my my dad lives in the countryside, and in his village, mm. um, well, in the village next to his, because his village is too small to have one. The, the slightly bigger vi- village that does have a news agents and a, and a bakery and stuff, they actually have drilled in, into the wall the little loops that you can tie them up to. Oh yes, yeah. So it's that you know it's that frequent out in the sticks, and I, I guess there's a, yeah. a, a much yeah, lesser well. chance I mean, of, of your dog being stolen. Isn't it out there? Yeah. But uh, no, we live in Manchester city centre, so when I leave mine tied up outside, yeah, the local shop, it's right on the middle of a main street so yeah you've you've made me think twice now maybe I'll, <laughs> maybe i'll review that for future yeah okay yeah, um, i will just get little pods that you can put them in and then it's got like a code you set a code oh like i like, like that a little gym a gym locker or something yes and then you can go get your sort of dog out of the little lovely kennel but that's going to take a lot of investment with like dog blankets whole, and, and treats and all sorts whole, yeah with the whole dog maternity situation i'm getting signed off i'm not quite sure we can i can get that much investment through as my, not from uh, the council no that <laughs> that might have to be the businesses that invest yeah, in that maybe one. maybe yeah <laughs> so if anybody wants to get in touch with you or, or the business yeah. where, where can they find you um so i'm on instagram which is just uh, the wholesome hound i'm on facebook the wholesome hound um obviously got the website as well where you can sign up to the newsletter um and yeah so they're the kind of ways you can get hold of me in terms of um buying products i'm stocked in like a, a sort of 
a local deli near here. I do a few bits of wholesale, but obviously the majority, well, pretty much 99% of my business is all through online at the minute. So um, you can subscribe. I've just launched my treats as a subscription service. So you can actually sign up. So keep the treat jar full. Um, so you can sign up to subscribe to snacks where you can get one pack, two packs, however many packs sent monthly, bi-monthly, um, whatever flavors you want, etc. So that's online as well. Um, and I've got an offer on at the minute, which you get your first box for half price. So you can go online and the code for that is just half um, in capitals. And that just gets you 50% knocked off your first box. Um, so, yeah, that's how you would shop for treats. And, yeah, keep your eyes open for new exciting products. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Sarah. And thank we'll speak you. to you I've soon. Thank you. I've been excited about it. So excited. <laughs> I thought it was last Friday. So. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Cheers. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.